Being a people pleaser is one of the biggest thefts of your own dreams and desires. I was struggling with a major life decision and a friend of mine came to me and asked me this one question that would make me stop people pleasing and start doing things that were a benefit to my life. So why was I such a people pleaser? All that and that one question coming up on this first episode of Mission My Life. Cooper and I'm certified codependency recovery and mindset coach and welcome to the first episode of Mission My Life. Today on the podcast we're going to talk about people pleasing, how it starts, what it is, and like I promised that one question that absolutely changed me from a life of people pleasing to a life of doing things that aligned with who I am and what I want. But first the how did we get there? Okay and I say we because probably if you're watching this video you probably thought, oh, people pleasing. I want to know more about that and how to get rid of that, right? So it just in case, just in case uh, you don't know much about it, let's talk a little bit about it. Let's talk about how that happens. So it's a trauma response. And it's a trauma response because most likely in your childhood somewhere, and it's most likely from parental figures in your life, there was emotional um, or physical abuse. There was emotional or physical absence. It also can though come from bullying. Um, but in my instance, it was definitely mostly from being emotionally and physically abused from my mother and then my father being emotionally and physically absent. I started to learn along the way that the more that I molded myself to what my mother wanted from me, the more that I would avoid um, any kind of harsh words, any kind of punishments, because when I didn't, when I strayed from that path, I learned quite quickly that there was a punishment for that. So this is what we call a fawn response. And that's a, that's one of the, there's four F's in the trauma response. And we could talk about that in a later podcast, but this is called the fawn. So you're sitting there going, you're trying to do everything you can to please them, to appease them so that you don't, you know, get into trouble so that you don't get the physical abuse or the emotional abuse with them yelling at you or any of the number of things that they might have done to physically abuse you. Um, I mean, this can also, when I say from abandonment, you when that parental figure is around, you're saying, look, look at me, see how great I am so that you stay. So people pleasing becomes ingrained and it becomes as a way of really controlling the situation, right? Because we're trying to control how other people are seeing us. Unfortunately, in that process, our true selves stop coming to the surface. And after a while, we don't even know who we are anymore. And that's kind of the problem with people pleasing. It's, it's actually part of a larger issue called codependency, which we'll talk about in just a second. But it, it basically is like 
a low self-esteem that causes you to, you know, seek your worth and validation in others from relationships. And, you know, that's people pleasing. I think the very root of this problem is that a lot of us are living versions of ourselves um, who have been modified in, in to what other people want instead of, you know, what we should be and how we are. And that's really a shame because there's so many of you out there that if you are living your true, I know it seems such a buzzword these days to say your true authentic self, but if you were living your true authentic self, uh, that could lead to so much more life satisfaction, so much more happiness and, you know, a lot less trouble in our relationships. So let's get to that question. My mind was absolutely blown by this. So I was struggling uh, with a huge decision coming up in my life. It was about what path I wanted to take professionally. Uh, I couldn't decide whether to go back to a previous path. I, I couldn't figure out among the five paths laying out before me, which one I wanted to go to. And I'm talking to a friend of mine and this friend of mine I've known since I was a teenager. And so he's somebody that I trust, whose opinion that I respect, uh, who I'm not afraid to be myself around. And those people in my life are far and few between because of all of the people pleasing I've had to do to get by in my life. So we were talking and we talk over this app. He lives in a different state. So I don't know if you've heard of Marco Polo, but if you haven't, you pretty much record your conversations to each other. And I'm watching, I, you know, I, I talk to him about what's going on and I wait for his reply. And so he does reply later on and he says to me, you know, I, I, have, I have just one question for you. He says, what are you chasing? The minute he said that, <laughs> I was like, I don't know it would absolutely change the course for everything that I was doing in my life. And I had worked hard uh, for about seven years now to overcome um, narcissistic abuse. And we can talk more about that too. And you may know about narcissistic abuse. And, and like we discussed earlier, it's, it's um, an emotional abuse. It's, uh, it can sometimes turn physical. Uh, but I had been in a narcissistically abusive relationship with a friend of mine and that's what turned me on to studying about that and trying to heal from that, from the complex post-traumatic stress disorder that resulted from that. I also got diagnosed with Stockholm syndrome from a therapist. And I had worked really hard for seven years to bring myself back, to be the person I was trying to be, but I had not solved it in this one area of my life. And that was professionally. I have done so many things professionally looking for I don't know, like that one thing that was going to be satisfying to me. You know, I'd always wanted to be a rock star. I am a musician. And, you know, I thought I was going to be a rock star growing up. And I listened to so many people, well, you need to get that fallback job, right? So you need to do that. And, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do in college, but I was told, you need to get out of college. You know, I don't want to pay for it anymore. And and that's fine. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that every parent has to pay uh, for their child's college, but I didn't even know what I wanted to do. I probably had no business being in college because I wasn't sure who I was. 
And the one thing I did know is that I really liked the written word and I've, I've written on and off for, for years now. And so I just got an English degree and got out. Um, but I also tried my hand at being a dog trainer. I also tried my hand at being um, a wedding coordinator. Uh, I still just do music for fun. Um, but I've also been an accountant and that would be the last thing that people would expect from me because I was not good at math. I, in fact, in college, I actually failed algebra three times. So there was definitely something missing for me on the professional side. But once he said that, I was bound and determined to get to the bottom of who I was once and for all. So why didn't I know? I had fallen into something that is classified as codependency. And you may have heard that before um, when it comes to like AA programs, they usually refer to the other person in the relationship with the person undergoing the 12 step program as a codependent. That's where the term originates from. Codependency is an emotional attachment condition uh, in which one person enables somebody else's um, immaturity, their addiction, their irresponsibility, just so that they can feel loved. And this manifests into a lot of signs that you may or may not be a codependent. So one of them is low self-esteem. And that is pretty much excessive worrying about what other people think about you. Uh, you might become excessively positive because you feel uh, shame and guilt. There's also compulsive uh, disorders. And I actually figured out, I got diagnosed with type two diabetes in uh, 2016, which is now luckily in remission. But one of the things I found out is that I had a really unhealthy relationship with food. And I think that was also part of the codependent behavior. Um, of course, as we've been talking about for this whole video, there's an excessive need to please. Uh, you have a hard time saying no, you volunteer for things even though you're very, very overworked and that's very much a workplace thing. I mean, it could be a life thing too, um, but I'm very codependent in the workplace. And um, the one thing that people don't realize is this one is like, you might give an opinion on something for which you have no knowledge. Just so you can say, look at me, like you think I'm smart, right? So, and that's pretty cool, right? Um, so that's a sign that, you know, as part of people pleasing that maybe people don't, you know, totally get off the bat. Um, another thing is you're unable to set boundaries, right? So this all goes with the low self-esteem and the people pleasing, but you allow other people to make decisions for you and your time. And again, you can go back to work with that as well. Um, there's a lot of poor boundary setting in the office. Uh, you, you blame yourself when people take advantage of you, even though people shouldn't take advantage of you. You live by the golden rule. Unfortunately, what I learned is that that doesn't mean that other people are. And, but you, so you blame yourself for that. Um, you have a difficult time removing toxic people from your life. You know, maybe they're not so bad. I know a lot of times with my mom, there's, there was a roller coaster. Things were good. Things were bad. Things were good. Things were bad. That also happened uh, with the person who was narcissistically abusing me. Things were good. Things were bad. Things were good. Things were bad. So you, since you have the good parts, it's really hard to remove them from your life. And understanding the, you know, the toxicity 
of, of their presence in it. And so, you know, you could do that with a job too, right? It's like, oh, okay, well, today things are good. Do they ever remain that way though? And that's a question to definitely ask yourself if you're deciding, you know, whether to leave a job or stay. Does it ever get better? Um, one of a really lesser known sign of codependency is irrational behavior. So check this out. Um, I kind of really like this one because I didn't realize why I was doing the things that I was doing when it came to like having really, I felt like they were angry outbursts. Um, but I basically overreacted to things that should take really very minimal emotional effort. And I can actually trace this back to when I was a kid and I would spill something. Uh, my mom would be horrified and I would get the tongue lashing of my life for just spilling something on the carpet. Um, she wanted me and everything around us to be absolutely 100% perfect all the time. There was no room for error. There was no room to be human. And so if I spilled something, if I accidentally broke something, um, I would go into hysterics or anger. Um, I would call myself stupid. Um, and that was just, that's, that's a clear overreaction because honestly, accidents happen. You spill things. Yesterday, I took a blender, the pitcher from the blender, and I actually hit um, accidentally, when I was putting in the sink, the granite on, on the countertop on the side, it chipped uh, a little bit of the spout. Um, I told my husband so they wouldn't cut himself on it in case he washed it. <laughs> so, but that's all there was. There wasn't this, oh, I'm so stupid and now I need to replace the blender and uh, things are just so horrible. And, but that's what I would go into. I would go, I need everything perfect. Same thing happened recently with a table that we have and I had one of those scent plugins and it actually spilled on the table and it caused something like some kind of mark I can't get off. So you know what I did? I bought a runner for the table. <laughs> now no one can see it. So I mean things like that would cause me complete emotional overreaction. I, in the past I would have probably gone out to buy a new table. Um, so these are a little bit of the signs of codependency. And, and like I said, the people pleasing falls right in line with that. So given all those signs, you can see that after years of being afraid of abandonment and years of being a codependent, that you might be afraid to actually let yourself out and be you, be the you you need to be. Um, Speaking of fear, there's a concept called unconscious incompetence and how I would relate that um, to codependency is I would say what it is is like you, you don't know who you are and what you value. And so that ignites a fear in you that keeps you stuck. Fear is honestly, it's a lack of creativity. If you can't see how to move yourself forward, you're going to stay stuck in that one place. You're going to, you're going to rest in that fear. You're going to feel like that fear keeps you safe because out there, there's that possibility of abandonment, of being ridiculed for who you are. But what you don't understand is that when you figure out what you value and who you are, none of that matters anymore. You become more happy, more comfortable within your skin, right?
So it's funny when we talk about, you know, fear and creativity. A lot of times we have that creativity taken out of us from a young age, usually when we start school, right? Because, you know, we start school and we're told how to do things and, you know, what we need to do. And we aren't taught how to bring our creativity to it. You know, I have an interesting story about when I was um, in kindergarten and uh, we were coloring because, you know, what else do you do in kindergarten? So you were, you know, coloring. And this is where I think I was actually codependent from a really early age. So go with me on this one. Um, I have a friend who was sitting next to me and they noticed that I had colored outside the lines. <laughs> so they actually wanted to encourage my creativity and say, hey, they're like, I noticed you colored outside the lines. I'm like, well, yeah. And he was like, I think you should color that whole picture red. Okay. So I colored the entire picture red and the kindergarten teacher took me to task in front of the entire class. I had turned in my picture and other people were turning in their pictures. And you know, she was like, and she, she didn't even say like, why did you do this? Or try to, you know, try to figure out, you know, what was going on um, with my thought process. But instead, in front of the whole class, she yelled at me and told me that's how it wasn't supposed to be. And of course I cried. Um, I was so embarrassed when my parents came for, um, you know, they had the parent night and all of our work was on the board and, you know, or pinned to the wall. And of course my entirely red picture was there. And I was taught to be shameful of that. Um, now, like I said, that encouragement, I should probably thought more for myself, but I kind of was also like, mm, you know, cool. I didn't really feel like I would get in trouble for coloring something how I wanted to color it. Um, I feel that, you know, these kind of things are, you know, the reason that many people are not leading authentic lives. So I feel like it all starts with that one simple question, right? What are you chasing? Maybe more simply put, who are you and what do you want out of this life? If you're ready to find out who you are and what you want out of this life, hit that like, hit that subscribe, share, and let's make your life your mission. Thanks so much for joining me today and we'll see you soon.